Welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debbin, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. I've never realized what a creature of habit I am until this week. I have had so- I spent the entire day yesterday thinking it was Thursday. Really? Yes, which it was Wednesday. But... We didn't have poker this week on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Then you and I didn't record on Wednesday, and I've got class all weekend. My whole week is just totally random. I have no idea what day of the week it is, at least for 50% of this week. I don't know this what This week happened. has already flown by for me, and I don't know if it's because we normally record on Wednesday, but, we actually re- but we're recording on Thursday this week, so it, it feels like it should be earlier in the week for that reason or what it is, but I don't know. Well, let's light some cigars. You want me to talk about mine before yeah, you talk you about yours? You go first, especially since I didn't pull mine up. So when these came out, Austin got them in, and it's the Hoya de Nicaragua Cinco Decadas. Now, I purchased this. This has about, got about nine months of age on it, and because I purchased this right before our cruise last year, and I smoked one of them on the cruise, and I did not enjoy it as much as I thought I would. But I had a little bit of a cold that I refused to accept delivery on. And I just wasn't tasting stuff. There's so much going on on the cruise. It's almost, a man almost needs to buy him just a bundle of skizos to take on the cruise. Yeah. Because whatever you're smoking is going to be good because you're on a boat in the ocean or you're on a beach or you're, you know. It's, it's almost not worth having a really good cigar. So I've been saving this one. It's got a little age on it. And I thought tonight would be the night to pop the cap. It's a... Nicaraguan um, wrapper. The binder is Mexican. The filler is Nicaraguan. And this is the 50th anniversary of Hoya de Nicaragua, 1968 to 2018. So very excited to smoke this tonight and see how much I enjoy it. You know, I had one of those uh, a little while ago, um, maybe a few months ago, and I really enjoyed it. I didn't think it was anything particularly special, you, you know, if, if that makes sense. But I, but I really enjoyed it. Well, I remember when I smoked the first one, I was not, I should not have smoked it at that time. I was rapid, I was, I had a cold, I couldn't taste most things, and I refused to accept it because I was on vacation. I refused to get sick on vacation. Yeah. So I was, I was powering through, so I didn't get to enjoy it like I wanted to. So I'm interested to enjoy this one tonight. So what's your smoke? Well, I'm going to let you choose, and I hope you choose correctly. Because I actually have one. I'm actually looking forward to smoking either both of these. Um, so, the first on the block on the block. We just got these in here at Crown Cigars, or Austin did rather. Uh, even though it's not a new cigar, it's the Norteño, which is one of my favorite Drew Estate cigars that they make. Uh, this is a um, Willie Herrera blend. It's uh, it's one of those. I think. What was the cigar that we had a couple weeks ago? That was the pressed or the the squashed. It's not oh, quite a yeah. box press. It's the same kind of thing. It's, it's a little more boxy than just a perfectly round cigar, but it's not a, a full-on box press. It's not a hard press. box. Um, it's a full-flavored cigar. It's everything I love about Willie Herrera's blending style and his palate. Um, I was really excited to see that he just got these in. The Humidor, I haven't smoked one of these in a few years. The other one is Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year last year. The, um, the E.P. Carrillo... Encore Majestic. Uh, this is a Dominican cigar, so fairly different from the Norteño, but you know, equally exciting to me. And unlike you, I love our listeners, and I saved mine until the show. 
<laughs> so you get to decide which I'm smoking tonight. Well, so the logical choice is the Perez Carrillo. But if I make you smoke the Norteño, I know you have to wait another week or prove yourself a liar. Exactly. <laughs> so the question is, is not which cigar should you smoke. It's how big a masochist am I? Well, how well, much joy in, will I get out of watching you wait a week? <laughs> in fairness, I've already sat on this cigar for a week. So oh. what's another one? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think you should have the Perez Carrillo because the Norteño is good. I've had both cigars, but I like the Perez Creo a little better than I like the Norteño. Really? That surprises me. And I'm not a big, you know, that's probably one of the few Creos that I really like at all. So I'm really a fan of the, the Perez Creo. I had that, uh, been four weeks ago, I had my first one of those. I was getting ready for my real estate class. And was downstairs smoking a cigar, and they had those. Oh, I didn't realize they had them there. I'm not surprised they did, because uh, they've actually got one of the better E.P. Carrillo selections in town. Um, this, uh, a shout-out to Big Boy's Cigar Lounge in Dixon, Tennessee. Uh-huh. Uh, Hutch talked about it when we right? did our show from Casa de Monte Cristo, and I was driving through town. There was a massive wreck on I-40 last weekend when I was driving through, so I had to reroute and go right through Dixon. And I was like, well... When else am I going to have the opportunity to drive through? I'm going to stop in and with the intent of picking this cigar up. So, um, yeah, shout out to Rob, uh, to Robbie, uh, who owns the shop. You know, being the only shop in a town like that, I was really didn't have much in the way of expectation. Right. But he's doing a really good job over there. It's a nice lounge. He's got a great selection in his humidor, some stuff that you can't find anywhere else. He had the... Uh, he had the Punch Fortune cookies, which had just come out. So, I mean, he's really got an eye for, for what's new and what's happening in the industry. Uh, we had a great conversation about everything that we're doing that he's doing. So, I just would, yeah, it was an excellent shop. Sounds like a good, ch- good road trip. It was. I mean, Dixon's not very far. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, you know, Hutch talked about that shop. And I, opening a new cigar shop has got to be one of the hardest things you ever do. Because some places, certain cigars sell better than others. Yeah. Especially in a virgin town, too, because you don't have anybody else to compare it to. Right. You haven't found out. You know, um, we had a huge discussion here the other night about Davidoff and being a Davidoff retailer. And, you know, Austin would love to be a Davidoff retailer, even though I don't think Davidoffs would sell here. Right. And all. But Davidoffs are price protected. Davidoff has a great marketing Davidoff, instead of marketing to you and I, markets to cigar shops. Right. Which eh, I don't necessarily approve of. Well, I mean, you know, as someone who has been in the B2B sales side of things, I kind of get it because you you can advertise to the end user all you want. But if you don't advertise to the person who's going to put it in front of that end user, it's not going to do you any good. Right. If it's you why this industry still it out, relies it makes on reps. It hard. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of great marketing, I wanted to show you what arrived in my mailbox this week. This is heavy. Yeah. Wait till oh. you open it up. This a uh, so the McAuliffe rep was here in the shop the other <laughs> night. And he was trying, and Austin asked me what I thought of McAuliffe. And I said, I liked them. I liked their Brazilian Matafina. I liked their Sumatra. And he said, well, let me shine, sign you up to be a McAuliffe brand ambassador. Well, look at you. And so, in the, in the luxury black envelope, I thought I was about to announce one of the Oscar winners here. 
That's really cool. With the little challenge coin that comes with it as well. Yeah, it has its own challenge coin, which this is a great piece of marketing for McAuliffe because I'll use that now as my poker marker. Right. That'll be my card marker when I'm playing poker. And people will say, hey, what does your coin say? McAuliffe Cigars. Yeah. It's a, it's a brilliant idea. It it's really is. It's a brilliant is. piece of marketing that they got to me. Really like that. And what you do is actually you take pictures when you're smoking a McAuliffe cigar. You put the coin next to it, take a picture, and you get points on their website, and it becomes a loyalty program type deal. Oh, well, that's really clever then. Yeah. It's a great way to influence the, the social media aspect. I mean, how much of cigar advertising these days takes place on social media? Nearly all of it. Well, because you can't advertise anywhere else because it's a tobacco well, company. But, you know, it just everything is word of mouth, so it's a great way to encourage people you know, you and I aren't the type of people that, you know, photograph and post every cigar that we smoke, but there are people that do. And so, you know, it kind of encourages that behavior if you feel like you're getting something for it. Well, and my my compliments to McAuliffe. That's, that's quality. Yeah, they put the, this challenge coin they made is heavy, and it's individually numbered, has my number on it, it's engraved. Oh, wow. I mean, they really put some, you know, they put a couple of shekels into that. Yeah, they did. And I really I really appreciate the effort on their part. Um, I've been on Austin to get them here. Of course, he See, listens. so it worked. Yeah. Well, I was, I was on him to get them here since I first smoked them. They have them over in Murfreesboro at the Humidor. Right. And since I first smoked them over there, I've been trying to get them here. Yeah, I still don't think I've had one. I'll have next time I go there, I'll get us a handful that we can smoke Excellent. on the air with our listeners. But I thought that was a very cool, um, cool ideal, good piece of marketing there on their part. No, I completely agree. So no legislation this week. Thank God. Yeah, basically, uh, it's pretty much more of the same, and I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah, I it's think okay. it's good to take so a week so, off. So and so is going to raise the tobacco perch purchase age, so-and-so, so-and-so, who cares? Right. On to an accessory. Now, this accessory caught my eye. Well, I think, was it the copper tone that caught your eye? No, it's the the aspect that it has. So this is the Lotus. Is it Duke 5 or Duke V? I'm assuming Duke V because it's got a V cutter built into it. Okay, that would make sense. But, but you never know because people call the iPhone X the iPhone 10. Even though it's not, it, they skip nine. It, yeah, how is Roman numerals hung around this long? That's a very good question. How? How? I mean, it's the most impractical use, and all. It's M M C M X I V V V I O eight. You know. L M N O P. Yeah. It's how is Roman numerals hung around this long anyway? But we're gonna call it the Lotus Duke V cigar cutter and lighter. I've got to say, for me, you know, the the cutter built into the lighter. No one's ever been able to really do it well. There, well, no one's ever been able to do it super well. Calibri has been doing it for a long time. I think they probably do it as good as anybody. Um, I've talked about the Astoria that I have that I really like, but it can be a little difficult to use. It can be a little fumbly. They've also got the one. It used to be called the Dawn. They don't call it that anymore. The one that folds out. Right. Kind of, kind of works on this same premise as this particular cutter. Well, I'm thinking of the one that folds out left to right. Oh, okay. This one's more like the Astoria that folds up. But what I like that they did about it is that it folds. The hinge is up towards the top of the lighter. Right. So, so it's more centrally located on the body of the lighter. Gives it a better fulcrum versus the, the Calibri that hinges right down at the bottom. So it becomes a little flippy. Becomes a little less, a little more unwieldy. Yeah. And I like that it has the triple jet side by side. Right. That wall if you of are flame. gonna have, if you're gonna have a triple jet, that's the way to do it. Looks like it. It's 
pretty heavy. They show a picture of it with a scale. I can barely read that, but um, it looks fairly heavy, 138, I'm guessing, grams. Um, it, I, and I love the copper. Yeah, I like the, it's actually, uh, what do they, they call that burnt copper or aged bronze or, or whatever, yeah. Whatever, whatever the, that look is that everybody likes now. Now, I prefer gunmetal, and they do make it in gunmetal. Right, yeah, they most make it in a couple gear, of different. Yeah, most of my gear goes gunmetal. I just like the gunmetal look better than I like the. I, I do too, and I've got to say, though, you know, the picture, uh, this is, I, I pulled the article on this up on Half Wheel. I really, for for to be an accessory-based or a lighter-based cutter, that's a pretty good V. Yeah, got a good V on it. Now, I have been disappointed by Lotus before. Mm-hmm. I have several Lotus accessories, and I, I've got to say I have not... Um, I've not found the Lotus to be as good as the Calibri or even the Zycar at all. So that does give me a little pause to it. The guy that reviewed it, he he was obsessed with flame. Yeah. You know, he's totally obsessed with how much flame is in it and everything like that. But neat little accessory, something new coming out. How do you feel about the serrated blade on a V-cutter? Unnecessary. That's kind of like how I feel. Serrated blade on the flat cut. Why? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. You know, when I'm going to cut, you know, like a like a roast or something like that, I'm not grabbing a serrated knife. No. I want a nice, clean slice. I'm going for my big slicing knife that's about 13, 14 inches long. Right. I'm going high-carbon steel. I've got it sharpened up where I can circumcise a gnat, and I'm going to go at it that way. Yeah. So for a V-cutter, something that requires some precision, some, a very clean cut to be executed correctly i don't like the inclusion of the serration on that i don't know that i don't like it i just don't know that it's necessary i think it's a gimmick yeah fair enough i think it falls into a gimmick so also in the category of why i have well i've got two why questions i'm gonna do the first one because i know it's gonna make you mad okay Tobacco enthusiasts from around the world this Uh, from cigar smoking world championships from upi news oh god Tobacco enthusiasts from around the world put their smoking skills to test at the Cigar Smoking World Championship uh, in Thailand. Is it that time again already? 17, I feel like I just got over this from last year. <laughs> 17 men and five women receive an identical cigar with two matches. All right, so the world record is three hours and 40 minutes. Guess what won this event? Uh... Was, did it set the world record? Was no. It, so, uh, three hours and 20 minutes. One hour, 47 minutes. What? <laughs> or wait, excuse me. One hour, 47 seconds. Uh, and beat second place by only seven seconds. So, the Taiwanese are not strong in no, this year's bracket. So, this wasn't the world championship. This was the Taiwanese. This was, this was the in Thailand. The winner actually gets to go to split Croatia. Okay. Hey, boss. You be my boss for a minute, Trey. Hey, boss, I need two weeks off in um, mid-May. I got to go to the Cigar Smoking World Championship. Well, my boss would be fine with it. He's a cigar smoker. But, <laughs> but yeah, I just I, it is the most ludicrously stupid thing I have ever heard of. It really, I mean... The idea that you're all going to get dressed up in tuxes and fly to Croatia and take two weeks off of work 
just to stand around looking pretentious, acting pretentious, and sitting there, you know, counting down the seconds until your next puff and just ever so delicately... No, it's that's not what cigars are for. Stop it. So... Can you imagine the winner of the Cigar Smoking World Championship one day looks at his young daughter? Sorry, See that trophy up there, honey? Sorry, honey, I never actually got you a college fund together. I had to, I had to blow eight grand to fly to Croatia for the Cigar Smoking World Championship. Right. And, and I am interested in that, too. Like, what's the prize money? What's the draw? Is it just kudos? Is that what you get, a, big, a nice pat on the back and an attaboy? I got to think, because ESPN, even on the Ocho, ain't buying this. No. (laughs) I mean, this can't be a spectator sport. I mean, seriously, why don't we get a bunch of those old-style push lawnmowers, the ones that do the rat da 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 and get equal plots of land and see who can do that the slowest? Cross-cut. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't we figure out who can do anything for any amount of time longer than somebody else? I mean, I'm going to balance a pencil on my nose and call it the Pencil Balancing World Championships. Well, this, this, I love how irate this gets you, how absolutely annoyed this makes you. That's the only reason I brought up this article, because I know, because your ideal would be who could smoke a cigar the longest while I'm whacking them with a sock full of nickels. <laughs> At least that would be interesting. But, okay, I'll, from, from one absurd thing to the other, I do have to go to something else absurd. The Daily Caller. I don't know where the Daily Caller is out of, but this is a news story. Achieve the ultimate smoking experience with this glass cigar. Oh, good lord! You are in. You are just, <laughs> just intent on giving me a heart attack this week, aren't you? This, it, what is that? This it is, looks like it's a glass tube with a brass fitting and an auger oh, running no, no, down no. the middle of it. This is a. Hold on a second. I have. Each one is made from two millimeter thir- thick German engineered shots glass with a proprietary titanium coating. Oh my God. So you fill it full of tobacco and you smoke it. So you just take filler from cutting caps and things like that? And, and I gotta think this is a marijuana thing. It, surely, can I see that picture yeah, again? I, I gotta think this has something to do with people. I think they're calling it a quote cigar. I think this has got to be a glorified bong. Is this the? It's the cigar equivalent of the vape pen. It's well, but it has tobacco. Yeah, but at least it doesn't use water and you know chemicals. Yeah, but it's oh, and it can be yours for just thirty four ninety nine for a limited time. Uh, you know, I just don't get. But I don't get the design either. Like, what's with the little auger? thing is that i gotta think i gotta think you turn the you turn the end or something to push the tobacco to the top maybe yeah it's gotta be something along those lines if you roll your own tobacco this glass pipe is a huge time saver is this really meant for they're calling it a cigar but i think it's more to be a replacement for uh roll your own cigarettes oh (laughs) no i'm thinking it 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 looks more, because it says, you know, if you roll your own tobacco, that makes me think cigarettes. So maybe maybe that's, they're calling it a cigar because of the size of the apparatus, but perhaps it's more meant for that, for loose leaf cigarette tobacco. Well, I, I just want to know why. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's one of those things that there's nobody going to be buying these. No. 
This has got to be this has got to be drug paraphernalia being. Could utilized. you imagine getting pulled over? I mean, it's hard enough getting pulled over while you're smoking a cigar because they look at you weird because it's just so uncommon. But I even had make a, you drop your monocle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you end every ticket with "Good day, sir," <laughs> and to you, <laughs> bully. So uh, they. But I can't imagine, like, could you imagine trying to smoke whatever? Because that's the other thing I want to know is how that, like, what the smoking experience is like in that. It claims to be a cool smoke. Well, I'm sure it is. You're sucking on a piece of metal. Is there, I mean, okay, so could you, like, chop up binder, wrapper, and filler from three different cigars and use this as a blend-your-own kit? That's what I'm kind of thinking. Like, (laughs) I, I knew, I used to know some guys in Atlanta who would always clip their caps into one box and they would collect all of the clippings and they would grind it up and use it as pipe tobacco. So... That's the cheapest men in the world. Holy yeah. cow. They, they did, you know, it, 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 it's the Native American use every part of the buffalo kind of mentality. The, what did they do with the ash? Did they yeah. put it in their garden, run off tater bugs? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly that what they did, actually. So... Um, but yeah, so I could understand this, like, but again, you know, as it's going to, like, how do you keep the cherry, how do you keep it lit? What happens if it goes out and you need to relight it? Can you get a well, long stem match down the, the barrel? that's what the auger's for. I got to think that you actually twist the end as you smoke like a push-up pop. Yeah. I got to think it's something along those lines. But it should, I mean, the flame should, like... Maybe that's to load it. I guess it keeps it moving. I don't know. It, that doesn't make any sense to me. I wish I know they I've, had a video of how it works. I know I've got a birthday coming up in a few months. I do not want one of those, just FYI. <laughs> well, that's okay. I was, I was actually getting you a ticket to the Cigar Smoking World Championship. <laughs> that was my game <laughs> plan. But so, but it is on the Daily Caller, and it is just called a glass cigar. They don't even... It's actually called... Twisty glass cigar. If somebody wants to Google that, say you have nothing else to do for the rest of your life, or you run a podcast, take a look at it. I just, you know, I would hate to have to explain to somebody if they ever saw me with one of those in my hand. Like, what, what is, what, what is that? It's a cigar. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's anyway. Now, why do you smoke fast when you're mad? Uh, apparently, no. This is, <laughs> it was a short cigar. This is a robusto. I'm only about two inches into it. Okay, how you liking it? Oh, I'm loving it. Uh, it's really, I, I agree with you. I, I, knowing that this cigar was in my pocket, I shouldn't have smoked the cigar I did on the way down here. I was smoking a Jaime Garcia uh, earlier today, and I, did, I made the mistake of going two drags too far, and I hit that bitter zone, which is oh, what will yeah. knock your palate out. Now, I, I've, I'm pretty, I, you know, I, I got away, that was a, a little bit a while ago, so I, I feel like I've cleaned up a little bit. Uh, so I, I'm really, I really understand, like you did, I understand why this got Cigar of the Year. It is, it is absolutely phenomenal. This is, I don't know that I'd go seven, but it's a six. It's a solid six. It's a six. high six. Yeah, it's a solid six. I will give it a sol- solid six because the price is good. Mm-hmm. The cigar is good. The construction, I've smoked two of them. And the construction, I'll probably smoke another tomorrow evening because I'll be back up there. Right. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very, like you said, I think, Twelve dollars and change. Yeah, in the store, I think MSRP is twelve dollars. Well, the Cinco de Cada is good. Um, there's nothing special about it. Yeah. Now it may. I'm only about two thirds or a third of the way in. I got two thirds of a cigar left. It may get better to me. It's not bad, but 
Uh, for the rep of special release, and this is our 50th anniversary cigar, it's a little lacking thus far. Would have would have liked to see a little bit more out of it. Yeah, I would have I would have definitely enjoyed that a little more. But let's step away and talk about cigar under eight. When we come back, I've got a great idea that I got to pitch to you. I need you to have an open mind. Okay. This is going to be outstanding, and we also got to talk about alien invaders. And the new record for the world's longest cigar. I can't wait. All right. We'll be back with that and more after this. Trey here for this week's Cigar Under 8. I want to talk about a cigar that just came out two weeks ago. It's called the Punch Egg Roll. It comes in... It's a... It's a 54 by 4. I mean, it's a smaller cigar. It's kind of a small Robusto. A 4.5 by 50, sorry. It's got a, a nice little shaggy foot. Comes in a box that looks like a Chinese takeout container. And uh, I called it the fortune cookie earlier because when you unwrap the label, they've printed a fortune on the underside of each of them. Just, and, and it's a little gimmick, but it's fun. But for an MSRP of $3.99... It smokes fantastically. What did your fortune say? You know, I don't remember. It's probably still in the door card of my car. Yeah. I can. Look. You're you're going to be hit by a bus later today. No, something like smoke more punch. You know, oh, okay. <laughs> some, um, some casual. But I have heard tale from other people that it is. You know, obviously it's not unique on every cigar, but they there are more than one. So they you know every time you smoke a different one, you get a different fortune for the most part, which is pretty cool. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to to trying it. I, I picked it up. Um, for, I think I said it was about four bucks. So it's it's really great. Buy two and share one with a friend. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the Slayer of Acrylic Shower Stalls, Trey Dedman. <laughs> Listen here. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, I didn't actually wield the axe. That was not. But you were in charge of the gentleman. And you was. know that was that was acrylic. That wasn't fiberglass. That wasn't a one seventy nine ninety five. I I did not know that actually. Yeah, that, that's high quality acrylic yeah. that they took the skill saw to at your behest. Well, I. It, that is that is that is absolutely my mistake. Uh, yeah, when I got that call from your dad, I was I was gutted. I he had talked with my boss about that, about leaving that in. I didn't hear that, and so when I was showing my guy around, it didn't even occur to me that he was going to hit it. And and because we were well, so we better catch the listeners up. So my company's been doing some work for Shane's dad. This is how I met his parents a couple of weeks ago, and uh, so we were in there doing some demo work at his house. And we're basically taking everything down to structural. My guys, one of the things that we were going to leave, one of the only things we were going to leave was this shower stall. And there were, the wires got crossed and the shower stall ate it. Bit the dust. Yeah. Yeah. They told me about that. And I said, well, you know, it, that, and that happens in the construction business. Mm -hmm. Nobody holds any ill will towards you, but I did have to pick on and, you about and I'm, that. And I'm very lucky that your family has that experience in the industry, that it's not someone who doesn't know that those things happen. You know, you, you give a 
you, you oh a civilian would have absolutely raised torn me a new one. Luckily, your dad was very gracious, and I appreciate that. Yeah, my my family's cool about that stuff. But real quick, we have a new world record for the longest cigar. All right, so you brought this up before we started recording, and my first guess was like three feet long, and you just laughed at me. And I said, "All right, what like thirty feet long?" And you laughed at me again. So I'm really curious. Havana, Cuba. This is from Reuters News. Okay. Havana, Cuba. Is it the length of the island? A Cuban cigar maker broke his own record Friday by rolling the world's longest cigar at 295 feet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, that's longer than the, than the island is wide. The length of a soccer field. So... Um, Cueto, um, sorry, I'm getting his full name, Jose Castellar, Cairo, better known as Cueto, has been rolling cigars since he was five years old. Now that's some dedication to a craft. This behemoth took 10 days to roll with numerous assistants. It don't say how many assistants that this 79-year-old, or excuse me, 72-year-old Cueto rolled. In Havana, Cuba. He broke his old record. Do you want to know what the previous record for the world's longest cigar was? Uh, 200 feet? It was 270 feet. Oh, okay. So he went a full 15 feet. But so, and just so everybody knows, this the length of the cigar verified by British embassy official who sent a letter Guinness World Records requesting the confirmation of this record. But... It's really unlimited how, if you can take 10 days and have an unlimited number of assistants, is it, is it really much of an accomplishment? Well, but you didn't do it. Oh, no, I had other things going on. Yeah, but, I, you know, it, I, I get your point. I think there ought to be some caveats, such as the longest cigar that's still smokable or the longest cigar that can support its own weight, like that you could pick up. That would be valid. You longest know, you could pick up, lo- longest that you could roll in an hour. Right. Lowest, longest you could roll by yourself in an hour. Or even just by yourself. Now, you see, if we hook those jerks that are in the Cigar Smoking World Championship up with this dude, we'll get rid of all the problems. Right. <laughs> but they, just, they'll all die before they finish this cigar. But no doubt this is a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, you know, I mean... To think, it is. Because, I won't use the term tremendous. It's no, an accomplishment. It is an Okay, fine. It's an accomplishment. The guy set out to, to break a record. He set a goal for himself, and he accomplished it. He wasn't able to do it by himself. He needed help. That's fine. Um, but I do think a cigar is not a cigar unless it's functional. I mean, yes, they're beautiful. Yes, they're, <laughs> they're great. But it, it, you got to be able to smoke it. So do you set it one side of the cigar of the football field and say light it and yeah. start puffing? That's what I want to know is how Does long it draw? and how many times you have to call in the reliever after you got guys keeling over from the tobacco buzz. Or do you just whack it up into twelve inch sections and everybody takes one home? That's ultimately what I would expect that they probably do. It's like when your football team wins and all the kids rush out onto the field and, and tear the goalpost down and they cut it into pieces. Everyone takes one back to their dorm room. I bet it's something like that. Everyone who was involved with this probably took a, a section of the cigar home as a souvenir to their... By, by the way, who brings a hacksaw to a football game? Oh, uh, you... <laughs> we saying. actually 
Um, I don't know if I've told the story on the show before, but when I was at Baylor, my freshman year, we bought we we beat the Texas A Texas A and M Aggies, who were still in the Big Twelve at the time, thirty four thirty three in overtime. This was a this was not the Baylor football team that you you've actually seen on TV you know the last five years. This was a one win season kind of team. So to beat a nationally ranked Texas A and M was massive. And at the time, our football stadium wasn't on campus, so we rushed the field, tore the goalpost down, lit, went up. There was a low side of the stadium. Actually, carried it up the stands and over the side of the stadium killing six spectators <laughs> on the way to their car and then walked it six miles back to campus and dropped it on the lawn of the university president you know the cops are not doing a great job but they can't catch a group of 20 people toting a gold no post. this was this was hundreds of people again should have been easier for the cops yeah. they should not have had a hard time stopping this crime but to your point i then we then walked it over to the machine shop on campus and they cut it up for us very interesting but i still have the section of the goalpost that i physically carried the whole way okay so i've had a great idea okay I wish the executive producer was here because I would really like to see the look on her face. Well, I, I've already prepped her for this. She's going to hear. I'm not going to give her any. I want her to hear it from your voice. So she's going to hear it when the show drops. She usually listens on Monday. And then we'll, I'm going to try and have. She's going to come with us next week. May get her on the air. Not sure yet um, to, to get the response. Well, I think this is a brilliant idea. So y'all are newly engaged, making wedding plans. We're getting married a year from today. A year from today. So you're making your wedding plans. You're ordering invitations. Can you order like 20 extras? I need you to order like 20 extras, maybe even a little different design, a little more a little more embossed paper, a little, little higher caliber. Oh, so fancier. Yeah, a little fancier engagement. Okay. Because I need you to mail. I want one cent to Orlando Padron. I want one cent to um, Nick Perdomo. I want one cent to Jonathan Drew. I want one, and we'll make a li- we'll get together. We'll make a list of cigar company owners that we mail all these invitations to. To get them to show up at my wedding? Oh no no no! We don't want them to show up at your wedding. That's send, worst case scenario. We want them to send a gift. What they're gonna do is they're gonna look at the, <laughs> they're gonna look at this invitation and they're gonna say, oh yeah, Trey, and they're gonna hey. I don't want to go. You know, everybody hates weddings as bad as I do. I don't want to go to the wedding. Send him a box of cigars. And then you can just sit back and reap the bounty of the cigars coming in. <laughs> that's that's actually a, a pretty... You well, said in the text yesterday that you thought I would be on board. You were unsure of how she would feel about it. Uh, yeah, I am kind of on board. I mean... Well, okay, so let's let's break this down. Let's do the risk reward analysis here. Um, first, you, first you got the expense of the invitations, but now you cut me in on the profits. I'll throw a few shekels at that and help you out with that. I know wedding budget is tight. Then you've got that you know of twenty five, probably fifteen are going to get just thrown away and dismissed summarily. Mm-hmm. Not going to be a big deal. But the other ten, you may need a box of cigars each off of those. Very well could, especially the Padron. Padron, really good people. Yeah, and you Carlito know. especially. Yeah, by, by uh, all... Fuente, yeah. yeah. 
by all accounts, very good people, really compassionate to the cause. So do we then include a note in the invitation, or do we just expect that they think that they know this person and can't remember? Well, now, see, this is the brilliant part of my, my ideal. On-air talent for The Cigar Cash, Trey Dedman, marrying the executive producer. <laughs> At all. So that, so that adds a little more weight to it. They know, hey, we're going to That get may little... get OSHA involved. <laughs> <laughs> it could. It could very possibly happen. But, you know, on-air talent marrying executive producer of the Cigar Cast. Now, here's the risk we run. JD shows up at your wedding. That is a, that is a risk. That it, and if Jonathan Drew showed up at your wedding, I have no doubt he would be happy to marry you. He probably has one of the internet so? fly-by-night certificates where <laughs> he would marry you. You know, there's actually none of those that are valid in Tennessee. But... So we're, we're going to run a little risk here. This is where I think it gets a little iffy with the executive fiancé. Is, okay, there is a possibility that there may be some cigar reps show up at the wedding. Okay. And I'll, but I think that's a small, a small price to pay. I think that's a small risk at best. And on top of all that, aficionado the next week. Big article, J.D. crashes Tennessee wedding, burns venue to the ground. This could really be good for the show. So, yeah, but so if you're not going to do it for the cigars and you're not going to do it for her, do it for me. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, I think this is a great idea that has some real legs under it. <laughs> it's out there, and it's a little crazy, and it's nothing I wouldn't expect out of you. But is it not brilliant? I mean, it's it's definitely got some promise. And, uh, and, the, and now... Madam fiance, madam producer, is really... Man, she's getting all the titles he's in. Yeah, I'm just just coming up with stuff. She's a good sport. And I'll just, by virtue of putting up with me as long as she has... And me. And you, but (laughs) she's a good sport. So we might can get her on board if you'll give her the hard sell. Okay. Well, you're giving her the hard sell. I'm I'm giving her the soft sell. The soft sell is... Okay, this is the pitch. There, there's very. This is very little risk. Worst case scenario is a hairy ex lawyer from Brooklyn shows up and destroys your wedding, but that's absolute worst case scenario. I don't think our security department will cover that. You're, you're, is it in the paperwork? No hairy ex lawyers. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's, it's that. And, well, not only that, a hairy ex lawyer with his own cigar company and liquor line <laughs> show yeah. up at your wedding. Although, since you brought it up, I am happy to announce to you now that we have official I haven't got a chance to tell you this there will be cigar smoking at my wedding excellent after after the ceremony it all has to be outdoors of course but it's going to be in April it'll be a nice day after the ceremony there's like a little cocktail hour kind of thing of course since I don't drink I don't want to be just stuck in a cocktail hour Um, so those who wish there's going to be an area outside where we can go have a cigar until the reception you may now kiss the bride (laughs) <laughs> That's everybody cutting their cigar yeah, at once. You just hear a whole bunch of... Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. Just You got to tell me, um, Madam Producer, quit listening for a minute. If I fix it where they say you may now kiss the bride, and when they turn around and say, I present to you Mr. and Mrs. Trey Dedman, and everybody has a cigar hanging out of their mouth lit... Will that be a deal breaker? <laughs> yes. Will that get her to kill me? Yeah, that will. Because, again, security deposit. <laughs> oh, security. Oh. 
<laughs> but I think this is a great idea. I think this has got a lot of legs. Like I said, uh, e- like like you said, even if I all we get out of it is a box of Padron fiftieths. I mean, that's that's more than the cost of the invitations. I mean, it seems highly likely that at least one of them will say, <laughs> "Hey, send this man a box of cigars." I mean, it's possible. And I think, you know, and like I said, best case scenario is he shows up and we get a ride up at aficionado and pick up a whole bunch of new listeners. Hey, that's the guy who Jonathan Drew crashed his wedding. I love how that's the one you think is most likely to travel. No, he's the one that I'm, that's most likely to crash it. Everybody else may just show up and, yeah. you know. Oh, but he's he would actually he brings make, the party. A, make a scene. Yeah. yeah. JD brings the party. He does. That is true. But, uh, so... Mystery object that flew past Earth could be an alien spacecraft Harvard paper claims. Where did you find this one, I'm wondering? This wasn't from the Daily Christian, was it? <laughs> News Channel 4 here in Nashville. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't see this. A, this was on our local news channel. It actually came from, from CNN. A mysterious cigar-shaped object spotted tumbling through our solar system last year may have been an alien spacecraft sent to investigate Earth. Is there a picture with that article? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it looks like a Toscano. I, I love how they chose cigar-shaped. Uh, you know the news producer was looking at that going, all right, what can we say it looks like other than a penis? <laughs> yeah, yeah I th- I'm glad they went with cigar-shaped. <laughs> Because that was my first thought of, like, why would you go with cigar-shaped? Of all of the other long cylindrical things, oh, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. Cigar-shaped. It tumbled through. It was 196 meters long. That's that's pretty good size. So pretty big. And, you know, it shot through the solar system. And actually, there's some interesting stuff in the Harvard paper about how the exterior finish actually looked like solar sails, which is actually how you would end up traveling through space if you were going to do that. Right. Um, the other articles I read basically just called it a meteor. Only Channel 4 is calling it alien invasion in Harvard. <laughs> but I did think that was interesting that I saved the world. They flew by. They took a shot. They seen me sitting on the back porch with a Schizo 6x60 and said, they already know how to handle our technology, folks. We're going to have to back <laughs> off. <laughs> so They'll burn us alive. They'll burn, they'll burn us alive. Yeah. This is, this is how bad, because imagine if you did fly by an alien planet and they all had like Challenger shuttles lit and stuck in their mouth hanging out. <laughs> it would be a little intimidating to be. say the it least. It would be. So question then, the aliens land on Earth in that spacecraft. They come out, the aliens look like cigars and they're all smoking cigars and their peace offering is to give you one. Do you smoke it? Oh, absolutely. You smoke oh. an alien cigar? Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. I'm still on my quest to find a nicotine-rich seaweed. That's I'm, my gimmick for my next cigar company. Is that, <laughs> if, you, if you can find, because they actually, Jules Verne talked about this in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. and all, Because when they arrived on the Nautilus, he offered them cigars. And they said, so you must maintain relations with Havana in order to have cigars. He said, no, we have a nicotine-rich seaweed. There's got to be a nicotine-rich seaweed out there that we could make cigars out of. Isn't it interesting how much life has changed since the late 19th century when that book was written that tobacco was so ubiquitous that you couldn't imagine finding some otherworldly civilization without there being a tobacco or nicotine-based product? 
Well, I'm more concerned with the idea of smoking a cigar in a submarine. Yeah. That does Oxygen rich se- <laughs> environment. <laughs> seems, seems a little closed in, perhaps, to smoke a cigar. It does. It does. I, I hope you've got some good ventilation, some good air change, you know, yeah, high quality HEPA filter, that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, the Nautilus must have had an amazing humidification system, but it is, considering how many things Jules Verne predicted that actually came true, and I'll, there's got to be a nicotine-rich seaweed out there. That, if, if I knew a couple of marine botanists, I, I, would, I would start the search for you. But I, I agree with you. There's, there's bound to be one. There's bound to be one somewhere. It's got to be some primitive culture because, you know, there's, there's three things that as men we try to do with anything we find. We either try to make love to it, eat it, or smoke it. It's true. <laughs> So there's some primitive culture somewhere has got to figure have figured out how that worked. Oh <laughs> no, Trey just lost it, folks. Sorry, the, the show's jumped the rails tonight. No, in that order, the first thing that popped into my head was the lobster. <laughs> Any lobsters did they go hey. through before they decided they could eat it? <laughs> the first guy that discovered you could drink cow milk, what do you think he was doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but okay, oh. I'm, I'm on a real... <laughs> that is right. Because I've always said how hungry was the first guy that ate a lobster. <laughs> well, Horny was the first guy that <laughs> saw a lobster. <laughs> he was the guy that invented the rubber band. <laughs> the rubber band on its claws. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Trey's lost it. <laughs> I love when you laugh so hard that the veins on your forehead pop oh out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad that it worked that way. <laughs> so coming back to cigar news, just yeah. to kind of keep, to get back out of the absurd as far as, because we went way out there just then. So I've got a question for you. So, you know, r- rolling cigars is definitely an acquired skill. And kind of as it ties back to that, it's one that, primitive cultures developed. It's one that we still use to this day. It's a very much a refined art form. I was thinking about something the day, today. I was, or a couple of days ago, what is the one skill, you know, we talk a lot about being a man, being a gentleman, being, you know, what is the one tactical skill that if you learn once will serve you well forever? And I'll, I'll let you think about it for a minute because what, what brought this to mind is I was reading an article on Reddit and, you know, one of those, like, those, it's a, a skill that will serve you well in any situation. So I'm not talking about soft skills or social skills here because even when you're alone will still help you. I thought about knot tying. Knot tying is one of those skills, and it's one that I have. I am, I am very accomplished when it comes to rope and string being able to make things. You know, we were talking about this the other day, the monkey's fist. I can make a pretty nice monkey's fist. So you've got decorative knots. You've got functional knots. I think getting, you know, a dozen or so different types of knots, hitches and sheets and, and things like that, that you can, is a skill that will serve you well for your entire life. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I even, it's funny because I actually Googled, I bought some new Nike pants, workout pants, and they were the single loop where they have the one string that goes all the way through the pants and it's all one piece. Oh, well, I've not to, seen that before. Yeah, trying to cinch those up is a pain because you can't do the standard hitch knot. Yeah. And also, I actually had to Google how to tie a single string knot to be able to hitch it up for the for the pants to work better. So, yeah, you're right on. That was actually the first thing that came to my mind when you said tactical skill. And, I, you know, riding a bicycle, definitely one of those things that everybody should know how to do. Absolutely. 
and all. And, um, you know, just because it does, especially kids, it encourages that balance factor. It encourages... Well, there have been some studies, as it turns out, specifically to uh, that the longer you wait to learn how to ride a bike, the harder it is to learn, which is like so much of learning, you know, the longer you wait, the harder it is to learn anything. You know, can't teach an old dog new tricks kind of thing. But it's celebe- the, the cerebellum is the part of your brain that sits right kind of behind your ears, centrally located, right where those little knots are. And that is the primary control center for balance and spatial awareness. So it actually, for people that have just naturally strong core muscles and good balance, it's that. And so by learning to ride a bicycle, that's why they say it's just like riding a bike. Once you learn that sort of ability to balance, you can't unlearn it. Well... Almost as important as knot tying is learning how to put an edge on a knife. And that's something that a lot of people are woefully unprepared to be able to do. No, I think that's a very good one. Or even just sharpen anything. You know, even if it's, let's say you get stranded, you know, in the woods in the Andes and you've already eaten the soccer team. And so now you've got to survive on your own. How did you butcher them? Well. Oh, your knife's got dull. Okay. Yeah, yeah, your knife's got dull at the end of that. So, um, no, you just roast them whole. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but... This is taking a dark turn. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, but, you know, so now you've got to go for it. You know, you've got to kill uh, animals around, you know, being able to sharpen a stick on a rock, being able to put an edge on something over and above just being able to keep an edge on something already sharp, I think it kind of falls in that category for me. Yeah, under, understanding the physics and the dynamics of sharpening a knife. Mm-hmm. That's one of those tactical, tactile skills that everyone needs to know. Mm-hmm. And knowing how the different angles affect the different stability of the blade versus the slice, you know, all right. those things. Well, it's like I've heard you say many times when people talk about how, oh, man, I love my na- knife to be razor sharp. No, you don't want your knife to be razor sharp. A razor sharp edge will not hold its edge right. for very long. Yeah, ra- you don't want a razor's edge. You know, a razor's edge is going to be on an 11 to a 15 degree slant. You really, I'm usually 17 to 20 with my with my knife, especially my fillet knives, because a razor's edge will actually slice through bones while you're filleting that will end up in your meat for your fish. Right. So it's you know it's it's an art. Yeah, it is an art. It is a skill. It is something you should develop at a certain stage in your life. You should put the hours in to know how to properly sharpen a knife. And and the same thing with the with the knot tying as well is is the other thing that I think is so like nice and practical about that is if you get keep and this is this is how much of a nerd I am. I'm going to, you know, keep a length of rope. You don't have to tell us how much of a nerd no, you are. No, I know. I know I don't. <laughs> keep a, a 2 foot length of rope in your car. This will come in handy when you just have had it with traffic and you're just done. But it'll also come in or handy. Or the meter maid leaves a ticket on your right. car. Um but it's a great way to keep your hands busy, you know, idle hands and whatnot, um, and just to sit there and practice. It's something that you can use for everything, and it's so easy to practice because it requires nothing but a length of rope. It, TSA looks at you funny when you walk through with just a length of rope in your carry-on, but... Well, but they look at you funny with anything. Yeah. <laughs> it, hey, if you are flying, practice not tying, not knife sharpening. <laughs> yeah, very good point. <laughs> TSA will be more, much appreciative of that. But not juggling. This is a... F- I haven't thought about this in a while. So uh, I know how to juggle. I have for a while. I actually uh, spent a lot of time performing as a juggler. Yeah, make the jokes. 
But so there were two occasions when I was growing up where I was flying, and of course I wanted one. I was going to the beach; the other, I was going somewhere else. I don't remember. In one case, I had the clubs, which are the things that you're thinking of that look like bowling pins, right? In my backpack, and TSA confiscated them, and they said they look like weapons. Well, that they got a sound argument. There's not like you were carrying beanbags. They weigh less than this remote. And they're, they're plastic, they're hollow, there's nothing solid about them. I mean, they're not, but the, the line, the TSA agent, we hit ourselves in the hands with them several times and determined they could be used as a weapon. So, and then uh, just a few years ago, I was flying and I had three lacrosse balls in my backpack for the same purpose. And that time, uh, the same thing got, uh, they didn't confiscate them in that case. But they did, like, take them out, look. They were even in a bag that said lacrosse balls, and they just, like, had all the questions. So just top tip for any jugglers out there. Don't but fly they, with your But they let stuff. you own with the chainsaws. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The juggling but, chainsaws, they just let you, they, hey, don't don't crank them up on the plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they're electric anyway. I mean, the cords do get in the way while you're... I was just like, how do you juggle electric? That would be... <laughs> that's a real skill. <laughs> that's how you mastered your knots. That's right. <laughs> You're not tied. All right. One more article. Before we wrap it up, because we've been all over the world tonight. Um, There's a new option for cigar enthusiasts in downtown Birmingham, Alabama. So R&R Cigars is out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and we've utilized them numerous times. My wife and I have been down there. Great cigar shop. Reagan runs a great shop. A lot of fun. Jonathan actually used to work there. and all. But I was surprised when we were down there, we stayed in Birmingham. And I was surprised there wasn't a cigar lounge in Birmingham. And uh, well, they're now opening one. Havana on First opened at 2312 First Avenue North at the end of February. 5,600 square foot cigar lounge. Wow. That's a big building. That is a big building. I mean, 5,600 square foot to, to put it into focus. Um, I could design a very nice five-bedroom house in 5,600 square foot. Mm-hmm. And not have and have bathrooms have you know uh, five bedrooms five five bedrooms three and a half baths no trouble fifty six hundred square foot fifty six hundred square foot would be a joy to work with under those conditions. So this is pretty big. It has a billiard room, a poker table, chess and domino tables, and more seating available. One day we're going to have to do a whole show on the best games for cigar smokers. And all because I don't believe billiards is a cigar smoker's game. It's it's not ideal. Darts is pretty good. Darts is good. Dominoes tailor made for it. Although, see, I don't I don't find that dominoes is, but I guess it's because when I learned to play dominoes, I, I learned from a Dominican who was not smoking at the time, and always held them in our hands like this, even all like all seven. You don't like prop them up on the table. We played on whatever table we had available. There wasn't a uh, the trough that you normally see. And so that was just always the... So for me, the, having your hands free kind of makes it hard. Uh, I mean, it's just the way I learned. Well, it's, we, we need to do a whole show on cigar games because there's great games you can play. You know, poker is iffy. I, I don't think I've played a game of poker... I think it's iffy because well we'll talk about it next week. Let's we're we're running long. Let's let's table that for next week. Well, thanks everybody for listening. How do they get a hold of us? Trey? So you can get a hold of us via email, which is info at the cigarcast.com. 
um, have gotten a couple of emails recently from some listeners just telling us how much they enjoy the show and um, you know offering some suggestions for future shows, stuff like that. So really appreciate that. Keep those coming. Uh, you can also get us uh, facebook.com slash the cigarcast, and we're on Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. Well, thanks everybody for listening to us, and until next week, have a good cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.